Hey coaches, welcome back. This is Coach Parker with Coaching Youth Football Tips and Talk Podcast. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, this is a YouTube podcast that I brought over, so you may not be able to see the pictures, but hopefully it's uh, helpful to you. Uh, enjoy the podcast. Thanks a lot, and remember to play for fun and winning is funner. Stay tuned for the podcast. Thanks a lot. Hey everybody, this is uh, Coach Parker with CoachParker.org. How are you guys doing today? Hey, uh, just finished our season a couple of weeks ago, uh, our fall 2021 season for our 8U uh, youth football team here in Keller. Uh, didn't go as planned. Uh, we usually do much better. And so really wanted to take a look at uh, kind of a review of what happened and how to go forward. So this video uh, is about winning teams versus average teams and why that may occur. And uh, just trying to analyze really kind of what happened to our team this fall and go how to not make sure this doesn't happen again, if possible. Uh, so stay tuned. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, coaching Youth Football Tips and Talk with me, Coach Parker, your host. So let's jump right into it. Uh, like I said, we just finished our fall 2021 season with a 4-4 and record and then had a first-round playoff loss against the Super Bowl team. Uh, now, I will say we did beat the Super Bowl team uh, within the regular season. That was their only uh, loss uh, to a... Uh, Keller team. So uh, that was pretty good, but they they definitely worked out what they had uh, going on in that first game and were well prepared against us in the playoffs. But uh, I was I was really overall unhappy with the season outcome. And I guess I shouldn't be because uh, I had taken off for COVID uh, last season and kind of stepped away from head coaching and assistant head coaching and offense or defensive coordinator really just wanted to step back and kind of be a dad, even though I'm not a dad, but just, just a guy out there holding the bag and having fun and being out around the boys and doing drills and stuff and maybe doing some video kind of footage for, for drills. And I was just really supposed to help. And uh, I, it turned into more than that, and I really, I will say, I think one of the first issues for me was I was not 100% committed. I was out two weeks on planned vacations, and coaches, the, the coaches knew that already. But uh, I think that was, you know, that could be a factor, although I don't doubt it. We were one and one uh, when I was out, so that I don't think that was a big deal. Uh, but uh, that was a factor as, you know, maybe my head wasn't in the game as much. So I've been trying to, you know, analyze if I do coach again and kind of do a help thing, uh, do I want to do it that way because it was frustrating or must I be committed? Uh, what can I, you know, I'm trying to look at what can I, what could we do it done differently? Uh, so I started reviewing and I've got seven teams that are seven U, eight U teams that I've coached over the last 30 or so close to that youth football season. So I've got a, I've got a pretty good data set here of these younger teams and 
kind of, I went through some stuff to try to review it. You know, am I too old? Do I lose my edge? What was going on with the team? Uh, I mean, the really big thing that shocked me, and maybe it's COVID-related, was that we had a ton of players that missed practice and uh, several that wanted to quit after the second or third game. And th this was really the first time for my coaching partner here in Keller, we've been coaching since 2009 or 10 together, that we've ever really had this occur. And so it was quite shocking. Uh, we also had one assistant, his son quit, so he quit. And then another assistant, he kind of just kind of drifted away from practices and just kind of helped at games. I think his team was, he had a, another team and his team was winning and we were just average. Uh, so I think he kind of just stepped away thinking uh, he'll focus more on his team. So that hadn't happened to us before either. So that was kind of perplexing. But uh, yeah, so I just, you know, knowing all this, I just really wanted to go kind of back through uh, what happened. So I went back through. And so I've got, uh, like I said, I've got seven 8U teams that I've coached since 94 till the fall of 2021. Uh, I reviewed 25 different characteristics and traits of these teams on an Excel spreadsheet and answered questions to myself, including looking at myself. Like I said before, I was out two weeks and was kind of just a helper for a while. And I tried to look at, you know, what what can I tell from this data? And uh, as always, because I'm a goofy analyst, uh, I'm overanalyzing this for youth football. And that is a probably, yes, I am definitely overanalyzing this. But it's good fodder for the podcast, isn't it? So uh, I guess, you know, what I'm trying to say is what the heck happened to last season? So let's kind of get into it. So just a quick recap Kind of going through, uh, not trying to throw anybody under the bus, just looking at it as a data analyst and sitting here and how can I get better? That's really what I'm looking at is is if I coach again, because I'm 50, I'll be 58 in February, you know, should I just keep writing or should I coach? And I'm trying to decide, do I really want that commitment to do that and uh or should i spend more time with my wife and family and so that's where i'm at so looking at this for fall 2021 here's a quick recap so in our in our league which is a very competitive rec league we have a draft where all the kids register and then the coaches basically watch a grass drill and can interview the kids for in this hour long little thing uh, and then you pick kids. And so you kind of know kids a little bit. Maybe you know some of them, but most of them you really don't know that well, especially at this 8U level because most of them are rookies and haven't ever played in the league. So there's no data on them. And so of our top 10 draft picks, because we didn't freeze or bring any kids in with us, uh, we had five that did not materialize uh, from paper to the field. They look great in the grass drills. They look great on paper as far as age, height, weight, speed, all of that. And that just did not paint, paint out for us. And it was five of 10, which was really, really hurt. But the big hurt was 
is that three of our top six players, which are usually your skill guys that you really must hone in on, we may usually miss one. We miss three of the six. And those guys we had pegged to be running backs and linebackers, and they did not work out. Uh, uh, they were just too timid and could not really get to the level of play that we're used to. And like I said, I've been coaching for a long time, so I've got a system. Uh, and then uh, the coach that I coach coach with, Coach Witt, we've been coaching together for 10 years, 11 years, I guess now. And we have a system that works out consistently to a, for a very winning program. And so uh, we know what to look for and go through. And so we totally missed. And I, I now have been humbled and can identify with some coaches uh, that have gotten uh, this type of uh, issue where your draft picks or your league picks did not work out. So it was quite tough. Uh, these kids were either too timid. We had some behavior issue problems, which was a struggle for about the first month until we got that under control. The absences and tardinesses were sky high. They were just totally out of control. I don't know if COVID has kind of gotten into the schema here and dealt into the, the simulation and everybody just whatever happens, happens. But we had never really had that before. Uh, the other thing is a lot of players uh, just could not remember their plays and responsibilities for, for like we would go over stuff and five minutes later they would miss that. We've never had it so rampant without the team, especially for our skill guys. Uh, in a, somebody was explaining to me possibly because they missed a year basically because of COVID in schools. And so they're, they're not uh, mature enough to, to their brains aren't mature enough to maybe remember some of this stuff. So that was, that was a hurt there. Uh, we had to tone down significant parts of both uh, offense and defense, but especially on offense, it was really, uh, really bad as far as, because we just didn't get the running backs uh, that we really uh, were hoping to get from the draft to the field. The the thing with absences is 11 of 18 of our players missed at least a third of practices throughout the season. Uh, and the problem with that is, is we've got to play them minimum plays, 10 plays a game. So, there were two players that missed probably 50% or more of practices and they missed all but two games. But you know, when they, you're just, yeah, it was, it was bad. We also had one player quit, uh, but we had, I guess from our mid range to our bottom, we usually get pretty good at getting a mid range to bottom players being, you know, we get lucky that way. We picked the better of those guys, but seven of our 18 players, I graded out as a D or a F or they, they quit. Um, and they were really small and scared. And this is the first time ever that we had that many. We had 18 players on our team this season, which was uh, a little bit more than normal, but uh, I've never had that many players. And I think they graded out a D or F because they were missing so much of practice. They just never gained the skill and fundamentals because, you know, you, we only have two practices a week. So we we do a lot of fundamentals at the first of the season and we progress on that based on, you know, our implementation. And uh, 
it's hard when you get missed. You can't go back two or three weeks and make, you just can't make up time. When you miss time, you just really uh, can't make that up. And I think these guys uh, were really hurt by that. Uh, and of these 18 players, and this is, this is really sad because I usually, I like to keep guys together. Uh, and, uh, we can only use, usually keep six together cause that's our rules, but I've always wanted to keep some of our better teams, uh, all together and, 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 and try to draft those guys within the next draft. But there were only three or four guys out of this 18 that, that I would actually legit want to take to my other team, which it's usually like six to eight. It's usually like double. Uh, and you know, it was our center. Thank God we had a great center, which helped us get to that four, that four and four record. He was outstanding. I think we had maybe two bad snaps through, uh, eight, eight or nine games. Uh, absolutely great. Uh, he was an average defense defender, but shotgun center right on the money. Loved it. Uh, our DN fullback, uh, kind of main halfback guy was great. Uh, very smart, worked out great at the end. Uh, just didn't have the speed that we were looking for. Uh, our D tackle, O tackle, was a was a rookie in the second game, third quarter, halfway through. He woke up and he became an animal. Uh, we ran behind him almost every all plays on offense. He was just such a good blocker, great kid, great family. Um, and then our tailback cornerback was uh, a young tailback, had some speed. Could get out to the outside, not just runaway speed, but uh, a pretty good juke back. And that was a benefit to have him. He's going to be incredibly, uh, all these players next season are going to be uh, top notch players. Um, and so, uh, but usually we have more than that. So uh, that was depressing. Uh, we just did not have enough, I think in the fall, we just did not have enough skill players to compete for a Super Bowl, and then we had too many rookies with successive absences. That really, at base, kind of what happened. Uh, and, you know, when I say average teams versus winning teams, I'm looking at teams that get to the semis and get into the Super Bowl uh, kind of thing, or, or really very competitive teams versus teams that have that have kind of lost. So, uh, so let's go and see what it looks like versus some other teams I've had. Uh, before we do that, if you get a chance, please subscribe, like, share, all that good stuff. Head over to coachparker.org. Uh, find out a bunch of stuff over there. My Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube buttons are at the top over at coachparker.org. You can hear all those other stuff. And of course, I guess you're listening to podcasts now, or if not, you can head over to uh, your favorite podcast service and check me out on the podcast if you're watching on YouTube. So let's review uh, what I consider some of the better competitive winning teams that we've had in the past and what the differences were versus this particular four and four uh, EU team that we had some struggles with. Um, and we can look at that. Uh, I guess before we do that, let me look at this spreadsheet here. So you can see the spreadsheet that I've got. Uh, I, it's pretty detailed here, but I have had uh, really kind of two teams uh, or three, uh, let's see my second team, uh, we were four and four, but we actually became a top four team in the playoffs. Cause we peaked, 
we went zero and four and then we almost ran through the playoffs. So that worked out pretty good. And we kept that team together and they went on to be a very competitive team in the semis for like three years. This next team that was two and six, that was a, in that form that excuse me, that first four and four team that I had, that was just a team the league gave me as a new coach. As I came in, they put something together at the last minute and said, Hey, do you want to coach? And I'm just like, Oh yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was a good season since we just basically took a league team and, and almost uh, ran through the playoffs with them. Uh, this other team was a, a developmental team that we did for a league trying to go to select. And we brought a team in to a rec league and we had all these really young players in the draft just trying to see what they had. And uh, we got trounced by some of the older kids teams in that age division. And so I would highly recommend don't uh, draft young kids anymore uh, in that. The next couple of teams were top three in Super Bowl teams, Super Bowl win teams. And then I come to uh, this team here uh, in 2021 where we were just a top four team. And uh, so you can see here's the long spreadsheet positives issues. So you can see kind of what I looked at here. You can pause that if you need to. But here's the summary of all that, because I don't want to get go too long uh, into it, uh, is what the, you know, what is it that winning uh, 8U teams that I've been associated with, what are the differences for, from these losing teams? Uh, I think the first one is the draft picks that we picked on paper actually equaled what we thought those, and they were great players on the field. So kind of what we thought they were actually turned out at least 90% of those. We may have had one out of 10 that didn't turn out, but the majority of time that we've done this, they turn out for us. And so that was a big deal uh, to make sure. Uh, the other thing is, on these teams that have gone into the deep into playoffs and the Super Bowls, we had very few absences or tardies on these teams. Uh, so that was a big deal. I mean, you just can't have kids missing a whole week of practice and show up at the game or, you know, one practice every week they miss or, you know, they just miss games too. I mean, in our playoff game, we had our starting quarter – well, I'm not going to get into that. But so the other key thing here, and I think this is for any any team that's in this, you know, struggling to win to get to a, a, a good season here with winning is getting uh, running backs that have speed. Uh, we've been we've been struggling the last couple of uh, four or five seasons with just getting backs that don't have top four speed within the division. So you've really got. So you really got to get speed in one of your tailbacks. And the key is outside speed uh, to really get in deep to the playoffs. Uh, that's kind of what I figured out about youth football. I mean, we can be competitive. Even a 4-4 four and four record is competitive. I mean, we beat the number one team during the season. But to get into deep into the playoffs in the Super Bowl, what you really have to have is that one or two key running backs that definitely one running back that can get outside and then a, then a bruiser back that can block. And those that's the key is to be able to get outside with that outside speed. The other thing is your running backs need to be experienced uh, at least one season under the belts as ball carriers. 
because uh, it takes three or four games for them to get used to holding the ball, not fumbling. Uh, we had issues with that this season. Uh, the other thing is, you know, it also, if you know their experienced running backs, they have a higher football IQ and understand the whole numbering and how to call plays and that. That was a struggle this year. Most of our backs uh, that we had hoped to play back could not remember plays with even just after you taught them. Uh, it was kind of it was kind of freaky. So uh, and this is a system that we have been running for like a decade. So uh, that was uh, something there. So the key, the key really is. Speed to the outside, experienced, uh, and they know how to carry the ball. The other thing that I think that this this came out in this analysis, which I thought was interesting, that the teams that we got deep into the playoffs, we at least had six-plus great players. And when I say great players, they would be two-way starters, and most of those six-plus were keepers that I would try to get again on another team. Uh, the teams that uh, were like four and four record, just the average record and below, we only had two to four great players, and that just doesn't work out. You're you're you've got too many holes that that your opponent can find and 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 uh, and uh, take advantage of when you don't have, you know, at least more than half of your players on the field are experienced and great players. Uh, and even then, the best teams, we would have eight to nine players that are two-way starters that would be definite keepers that then you can start having uh, some winning uh, potential there. Also, the thing that's found in here is older players within your age group division, those tend to do better than the younger players when the age group. So if you look at that, the other thing is our O-line for winning teams was usually great. We usually had great linemen that were uh, ready to hit. Uh, this past season, we had many of the linemen. Many linemen that we had just really did not want to block or tackle anybody. Uh, so that was the deal. And we also, with the winning teams, had focus coaching on the O-line and D-line. So, so along with this six-plus great players is these winning teams that get deep into playoffs and, and Super Bowls is they had a really strong defense with top skilled players at linebacker corner DNs D tackles and maybe only one two weak players were on defense I mean we were playing with like six or seven weak players this past season on defense and we we didn't really have any substitutes to be able to put better people in because there they were players that never made practice. Uh, we'd have practice and schedule to teach somebody something and they would miss. So that's, that's the problem there. Uh, so the other teams had few weak players, maybe one or two minimum play players on a team. If that, uh, I know one of the teams that we got to a Super Bowl in, in eight, you, uh, we, the next season, we kept a core of those four together and then got lucky in the draft and absolutely had, I think we only maybe out of 18 had one week player. Uh, we went undefeated that season. So there was that. And the other thing, when we had these winning seasons, uh, 
I was a co-head coach or very committed, but I don't know if that really had a problem now this year uh, since we went one and one uh, with uh, those uh, when I was out uh, and even beat the one of the best teams uh, uh, for the game that I was out. So I, I'm not sure that was a main deal, but it might be. But I think the biggest thing was Six plus players and the experienced running backs and outside speed was kind of a big thing. And that means your draft picks have to equal out. So some of you guys that are in a league and you just get a team thrown together and they hand you this team and you're struggling, uh, you could be in this situation that I was in this situation. And you just have to be realistic uh, about that. So real quick, because I've it's getting pretty long here. The thing on missing practices uh, for inexperienced teams is your weakest links never get better. These absences just like uh, exponentially get worse as your weaker rookie players miss because those fundamentals you're teaching early in the season, they never make that time up and you're competing against teams that probably aren't having as many weaknesses. So they're getting better and this is what I said this season, it looks like we've digressed because we had so many absences and we were very competitive the first of season. As the season extended, we did not get better. We actually got worse because the, the other teams had players at practice and they were just getting exponentially better. And you could see it in our play. So, you know, you've got to explain to your parents that missing practice hurts the team because those players, especially rookies and weak players, they never progress to the level that you need them to. Uh, because reps count. That's the biggest thing. Reps in practice count. Showing up to a game and doing in a competitive league does not work out. Uh, so that's what I've got with missing practice. So, you know, if you find yourself in a situation, and I'm not trying to whine about it, but I did want to kind of look at what was going on with this season. But if you find yourself in this, remember to keep coaching them up and have fun. Reset your expectations for the season. Focus on those fundamentals. And that's what we did about midway through the season. We we saw that it was not going as well as we we had in the past. And we had too many absences. So we really focused on fundamentals, trying to make practices fun so they'd come back and play next year. You want to focus on the players that want to be at practice and the desire to practice. You know, we overcoached that game against the number one team and we beat them and surprised them. Now they got us back in the playoffs, but sometimes you just got to overcoach it and really put a lot of time in to get those wins. You can still have a great season and uh, that's what matters is having fun, making sure the guys want to come back and play next season. Uh, make sure to have it fun. And that's that's my advice there. So hope you enjoyed this podcast. As always, uh, you can head over to CoachParker.org. I got a 15 playbooks, drill books, and other youth football coaching books over there. Head over there to the bookstore if you get a chance. The Beast, Power Eye, Double Wing, Wishbone, Eye Formation, Single Wing, Wing T, Spread, Defense, Drills, all that good stuff. So head over there. I've also got a coupon uh, days 21 over at Coach Parker, good through January 5th. So happy holidays there. And again, 
Thanks for joining me today. This is Coach Parker with CoachParker.org and Coaching Youth Football Tips and Talk Podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you have any questions or comments on this, please leave those down below. Uh, the easiest way, if you've got anything really technical you want to ask me, just head over to CoachParker.org, my contact page there. Shoot me a little contact email. And I'll be glad to answer any of your questions. So again, subscribe, like, share. All that good stuff. Happy holidays. Ciao. See you guys next time. Hey, thanks for joining me all the way to the end. That's much appreciated. Hey, if you get a chance, just subscribe to my podcast. That that really helps a lot. And also, you can head over to CoachParker.org, my playbook store, and check out all my playbooks like the Power Wing Beast Offense, the 6-2 Multi-8 Defense, the Wildcat Spread, the Power Eye, the Double Wing, the Eye Formation, Wishbone, my Drill Books, my Jaws Blocking Book, uh, my Wolfpack 707. Got a, got a lot of good stuff over there you can take a look at, and that'll help support me bring more youth football content to the youth football coaching community. And as always, remember to play for fun, and winning is funner. Thanks for joining me today. Hope to see you guys next time.